0: next chapter podcasts
1: can't get enough of indecent of course it can't you big freak well this is your reminder that new episodes of indecent come out every other wednesday we don't want to just leave you there quivering in anticipation for two weeks straight so in between full episodes we're going to be putting out bonus content and all other kinds of fun stuff like when i talk to my guests we usually sit down for about an hour but not everything fits into the flow of the show. So today, we're gonna be dropping some of the extra bits from my interview with Dr. Lori Vetito that felt like they were worth hearing. She's so smart, she's so funny. I know you're gonna love it.
2: How did you get involved with the biggest porn website on the internet? Uh, that's a good question so for years and years and years most of my career in fact as uh, you know working in the sexual wellness field um, I was in the media so uh, I, I hosted a radio show for 22 years uh, before that I was on another radio station for nine years so I spent my whole career kind of disseminating um, sexual wellness information to to the general public public. And I was always looking for like new avenues, new projects, things I could do to reach even more people. And it just so happened that a person I knew who knew the people at Pornhub told me, hey, they're looking to do a community project. And I said, hey, I'm looking to do something different too. And so we had a meeting and we came up with a a sex education website for basically for people who visit Pornhub already, that they have another avenue to get science-based, evidence-based information about sexuality from the most basic stuff, you know, all the way from like, you know, STIs to, you know, safety to consent to like all kinds of stuff. uh, And all written by, uh, all our contributors are all experts in the field. So, um, this was like a great way to bring a a community of people in the sexual wellness, uh, industry and to share their knowledge, to share science, to share all of this stuff and provide frankly, a a service. Uh, we also do, uh, Q and A's on there. So I've answered, I don't know, thousands of questions already, uh, from all over the world, um. You know, don't forget this is a big site, right? That that everybody around the world has access to. But guess what? The, a lot of places in the world have no access to sex education, only to porn sites. So it was like, okay, so I am reaching a bunch of people who actually can't get this sex education anywhere else. So that was uh, it was a bit of a no brainer for me in terms of reach, even though there was something attached to it. It's like, ooh, do I want to be associated with a porn site? Like there, you know that that did come up for me.
1: Yeah. But for a lot of people, porn is their first introduction into sex. Sadly.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine learning how to drive by watching the fast and the furious? And that's the only exposure you ever had to cars. The minute you get behind a car, what are you gonna behind the wheel, what are you gonna do? Drive like a freaking maniac. Like that's not real.
1: Driving like a maniac, that applies to so many men I know. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but we're going to put a pin in that because I like that sure. and that's very funny. Uh, we are going to come back to that, but before we go into like the impacts of consuming porn and like what's real and what's not, can you change your porn habits? Like if you are accustomed to really aggressive porn but where the woman is very clearly faking it, can you train your brain into watching more realistic
2: porn? I don't know. Like, I honestly can't answer that question. First of all, I'm I'm not a porn expert. So this is where, you know, people often take me for some kind of porn expert because I just happen to work on the sexual wellness part of pornography or, or, or the site. So I never, ever... Uh, would call myself an expert in pornography. I am not, okay, at all. Uh, I follow the research, of course, but um, but I, you know, I, I'm no expert. So to know if somebody can switch or not switch, all I know is some people have issues uh, with pornography for sure. and and some of those people who do have issues tend to, um, you know easily like get bored with a certain level and then they go for like you know more extreme more extreme more extreme it's like it's like any other addiction right if you're feeding you know you, you it's like the, the gateway drug and then you want more and then you want higher and then you want just more sensation more sensation so that is a that's a risk of course but again like I said this is a small percentage of users. Most users don't use porn. To that, to, you know, most users, I would say, use it to explore things they might like or, uh, you know, they, they're they curious about certain things and they don't spend hours and hours. Like the average user probably spends 10 minutes, you know, 10, 15 minutes. And how long does it take to jerk off? You know, like it doesn't take that long. I know. So, I'm always mind blown
1: by these like 20 minute porn videos. I'm like, who's got 20 minutes? Yeah, but they, minutes? nobody ever
2: watches 20 minutes though. They watch the first five minutes and next time they'll watch the next five minutes. And you know, that's the thing they, they that's why you never get feature long, you know, length m- porn movies because nobody really cares. You know, it's like they just want the arousal and that's enough for them. That's the majority of people. It's so funny because there's – <laughs> th- that's so real,
1: though. There's a, that website, uh, Bellissima or something. It's like a feminist porn. Oh,
2: Bellissima. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's great. I've actually interviewed the the uh, the people from there. Yes. Uh, Bellesso. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, honestly, it's just the good lighting. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, but it's also – you've got a lot of seduction. You have a lot of foreplay, right? It- it's really what – You know, many of us are looking for, but apparently, I was just talking to somebody uh, recently at the at Pornhub who was telling me that, you know, you would think that that's what women are looking for, but our numbers don't show that. They show that women are actually looking for, like, you know, not not the romance and the erotica, but more of the same stuff that men are looking at. So, believe it or not, you know, you get women looking for hardcore stuff too. So it isn't just a male thing, um, but the issue of consent. Because that's a very good question. You know, when when you think about okay, in porn you don't see too much of. You, you certainly don't see the discussion of hey, would you like to do this? And hey, you know whatever it is, or condom use, or things like that. This is why it's entertaining. It's it's entertainment. I should say all of that is happening outside of the camera, right? The consent has happened before you videotape the consent, you know, the, the discussion about, uh, uh, safety and the fact that, you know, the actors or whoever has, has, you know, been tested prior and they test every single time before a scene. And there's lots of things that we don't know that goes on behind, behind the scenes in the same way that we watch any Hollywood movie. And we have no idea what, you know, how they got to, to that, to that frame, for example. So, you know, if we, if we start looking at pornography in general, as, as an expression of reality, we're missing the boat. Like this is pure fantasy. And sometimes it's, it can, it can be a little realistic. Like, listen, people are, one of the top searches uh, on Pornhub is reality. So people are looking for something more real, right? In the same way that we have a fascination with reality TV. You tell me, is reality TV real? It's so fake. Like reality TV is not real in any way. It is, you know, scripted in some ways, edited in other ways. It isn't real. Uh, But there's a semblance. There's a semblance of real. So, and people like that, right? They like to be kind of voyeur into this. They like to look into somebody else's life in a way. So I think it it goes with the same obsession we have with with reality TV. Like, sorry, but 20 years ago we didn't have reality TV. That didn't exist. You know, this is this is a new thing. And reality porn is also a new thing.
1: Yeah. You see a lot of like user uploaded content now, the dawn of OnlyFans. It's like more at-home type. Exactly, it's
2: like you get a window into somebody else's sex life in a way, right? The same way when you watch Survivor or you watch, uh, you know, Housewives or whatever it is, you're looking into somebody else's life.
1: And I wonder, is it because we all grew up on the same porn, or is it just what people like? But I think, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not an expert, but I would venture to guess the difference is you can have aggressive. Porn on both sides of the spectrum, but the difference is, is she faking it or is she enjoying it?
2: Yeah, well, exactly. And I think faking it, nobody wants. Who wants to watch something where you know somebody is completely faking it? You know, I think if I look at men and their sexuality, and and when I talk to men, they get their biggest pleasure from giving pleasure. So if their partner is not satisfied or doesn't Express pleasure. They're not really all that. Is they're not just having sex for themselves to get off. As you know, men in relationships and men who want to, you know, be good lovers, they know to be a good lover, you've got to give, and you got to give, give good. You know, (laughs) you got to make sure you know what she wants. So, um, so that matters to them far more. So you know, the pleasure matters. Like the the expression of pleasure is important for sure
1: are we sexualizing things more because of the internet or were we already sexualizing everything and now we're just putting out that kind of content because it was already on our minds? Like which came first, the chicken or the egg? Uh,
2: I wish I knew which came first. Um, I think porn follows trends um, and I think people who follow trends look to sexualize. Like I don't know how one influences the other. I know that, you know, porn has been around forever, honestly, forever, way before the internet. And there's, you know, you realize that the video camera was invented because of pornography. And so was the, and so was the internet. It was all about, yeah, it was all about how do we disseminate porn? How do we, how do we film it? Oh yeah, there's uh, this is, so the industry has driven a lot of technology, a lot of technology. It's really, it's fascinating. If you look into the history of all these things, it has, it has driven it. So, you know, we can thank the, in the porn industry for lots of our technology, frankly. <laughs>
1: Crazy! I'm going to have to look into that. That's super interesting. Yeah,
2: look into it. Yeah, you should interview somebody in the technology field to see. Oh, we're planning me, on it. Don't worry, Lori. Yeah, to <laughs> me, that's really fa- that's fascinating stuff. So, um, you know, what drives what? Right. So, I would say that the the thirst for sexual content has always been there, and it has driven other industries to step in to see how we can create more content and how we can diffuse the content.
1: Yeah. It always blows my mind that like, you know,
2: older generations were jerking off to pictures. <laughs> like they, there's so much imagination. Seer, the Sears catalog. Yeah. Little, you know, young boys were like getting their mom Sears catalogs to be able to see women in their underwear, for example. Like that was the extent of it. When I was growing up, if you had, um, well, you had, we had Cosmopolitan magazine, which had like stories and we had Playboy magazine. And we had the magazines that we'd have to kind of steal from dads or big brothers or what have you. And then we had the videotapes, you know, as a teenager, I remember when, when the VHS came into my home, you know, and, uh, and, you know, finding, people were like, oh, I found this porn video, this cassette, you know, let's look at it. And then you had the back rooms of video stores and then you had, you know, so like porn was coming at an a al- lot, like being produced at an alarming rate. Like it was like, it was constant. Then it just, it just kept exploding and exploding into what we know it today. But the technology had to catch up. Like we had to, you know, these companies had to create new technologies to be able to keep up with the demand.
1: Yeah, I guess how do you get ahead of that? Because inevitably, you know, teenagers are going to get their hands on porn. It used to be dirty magazines that they found in their dad's closet. Now it's Pornhub.com or OnlyFans or any of these other websites that are available. Yeah, but I remember watching porn as a teenager and you see women like screaming like banshees and they're just loving all the dicks that are thrown at them and they everybody always comes you always know how porn ends. Right. It's not it, like exactly. that in real
2: life. <laughs> exactly. So with with experience, you know, people realize, well that's purely fantasy. That isn't what real women want. That isn't what real women like, you know, but we need to have conversations about sexuality. So porn literacy is about teaching Kids who will have access to that—that this is not real. That that this is not what real women like, or this is not what real men look like. You know, the a a real guy doesn't have a ten-inch dick. You know, they're hired because of that. That's why they're hired. Your average is this. That's not it. So you know, you have to be able to get any porn watcher to look at this in a more critical fashion. Let's just say.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, Pete and I were talking about. The fact that there's a lot of crossover between like video games and porn. You see a lot of these like kind of like anime, like big titted women with swords. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, it, exactly. <laughs> but you know that when you're playing a video game, you can't just go shoot up a bunch of people. I mean, we're seeing it in the news. And I think maybe that is maybe part of it is that people are stuck in this fantasy world and do think that that's the reality.
2: Yeah, but I, I think that's not most of us like – you know, people who play. You know, I, I remember my first time I played Grand Theft Auto. I was shocked at how real it was, and I was shocked that oh my god, I'm killing people in in this video game. I feel like I felt you know felt powerful. It felt cool. It felt all of these things, but it was also disturbing at the same time. I was like very disturbed by what I I was doing. You know, it was like here I it was so realistic. But you know, I knew I was just playing a game. Like ultimately, you know, we're just playing a game. So, but you're right. Like it, it's you know, sex is tied into all of these things too. And uh, you know, even even uh, I mean, if you look at car- cartoons or or superheroes or you know, the women in there are pretty bombshelly, right? Like you're mm-hmm. talking about, you know, so this is all of it impacts us, all of it, all of it. It's not just porn. I mean, there's a sexualization in our, in, in our society. So the, the best way to combat this is to have conversations about it. But that's the problem in many, many places on this planet. Nobody's talking about it. Many places in the States, Forget it. You you're just talking about no, it's no and no, that's it. Abstinence and that's the only conversation you're going to have. But that's not realistic.
1: Yeah, I feel like that was definitely my mom's approach growing up is like she was if we had questions about sex, she would just answer them. And that kind of that's the thing with kids. It's like you give them an answer and then they shut up and they stop wondering about it really. It's not like they're sitting there obsessing over sex. They're just like, "Oh, okay."
2: Yeah, exactly. And and that's it. it it's a curiosity and then as they get older, they ask more questions, you know, like when they're really little, they're like, "How oh, how are babies made?" and you tell them, "Well, there's this a, a seed and a and an egg and they get together and they oh, okay." And then, you know, maybe a, 6 months later, a year later, like, "Wait a minute. So there's a seed and an egg, but how does a seed get how do they meet?" You know? And then you have that now you have to explain how the penis goes into the vagina. So, it, there's all kinds of, or however other ways babies are made. So, you're having conversations, but there are great books today written about the different types of families different ways children are born I mean how do you you know you got to learn you got to be able to explain IVF you got to be able to explain like what if your parents did not have intercourse you know you have to be able to explain that you know all kinds of things so um yeah at least we're having I think more conversations Don't
1: forget to subscribe, rate, and review Indecent with Kiki Anderson everywhere you get your podcast. Also, follow the show at IndecentKiki on Instagram and follow me at It's Kiki Anderson. Email the show at indecentthepod at gmail.com. And of course, come back next week for Indecent, where NSFW meets LMAO.